The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and this show has been a while in the making. We've had some issues with it from time to time, and uh, and stuff as far as internet outages and and current technology and that kind of stuff. But I'm excited to have her here. We talked a while back, and uh, Rachel Gracia is with us today, and she is. A, well, I'm going to let you describe and tell us exactly what it is that you do. Well, I'm a therapist, um, specifically like a licensed professional counselor in Texas. Um, you know, mental health counseling. I see a variety of clients from mood disorders, anxiety, trauma, grief. Um, I see teens and adults. Um, so that's basically what I do. Yes, and how long have you been doing this now? Um, let's see, eight years. Awesome, awesome. Now you're in Fort Worth, Texas, and it's a hundred and what? There, hundred and hundred and six today. So, jeez, oh, pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and and is that going to be the high for the day? I hope. Yes, that's the high for the day, and it's uh, right around now is when it's the hottest. So. This week is like record temperatures for this month. It's usually doesn't get this hot till late July, August. So, so yeah. And you know, there's a reason why people take a siesta in the middle of the day in in that part of the country because it's hot. Yes. And you really can't do much outside. I wouldn't imagine. No, it's pretty bad. The air is pretty thick, and it it can be humid here, so it can be a little miserable. But, uh, well, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful area, and you got lots of people yeah. to work with. That's very true. Weather now aside, you, <laughs> you are a counselor and a and a therapist that's worked with people with trauma and stuff. And I don't want to touch on it a lot, but I just wanted to to ask you in regards to the the um, problem or the the uh, um, I guess you'd call it a massacre in at the school in Texas, and I forget the name of it. Um, but I couldn't pronounce it anyway. But uh, what's it what's it like as as a therapist that's helping people work through trauma? What is that like when you have such an event such as that? I mean, for children, those are very formative years. Um, they're not equipped with the coping skills that an adult has, and you know something as major as that that's can be life altering. It's it was truly a horrific tragedy, and that is probably going to cause post-traumatic stress in a lot of those students that were there. 
And I would imagine that anybody associated with it that happened to be there that day is, is it's, it's a life altering event. Definitely. And, and that's, that's why, and I'm hopeful that people will take this to heart in that if you feel like that you have gone through a traumatic situation, that you go see somebody about it. It's really hard to handle it on, on your own by yourself. And most of the time you can't, uh, it, it doesn't end well. Has that been your experience? Yes. The way we process trauma is, you know, the best way to process trauma is verbally, you know, the sooner after a trauma that you talk to someone and seek, seek therapy, the better. Um, when we keep things to ourselves, it just builds and to really unpack, put away and resolve, you know, what a person's been through, you know, therapy is very vital in that. And, it, it can have, you know, long-term effects when someone keeps it to themselves for a long time and doesn't get to express how they felt, what they went through, you know, things like that. It's, it's pretty detrimental. Post-traumatic stress disorder is very, very impactful on a person between flashbacks, you know, physical triggers, mental triggers, you know, it's, it really can affect someone's day-to-day -day functioning. You know, and that, that is something that uh, PTSD is something that's relatively new. When I, when I was young, there was no such thing. There was just, you know, you needed to suck it, suck it up and, and, and do better. And, but it wasn't really a thing like it is now. But they're, they're finding out over time that it really is a major problem for a lot of people in life. Oh, for sure. And, you know, there's actually been studies done where they take pictures of the brain, someone without PTSD and someone with PTSD, and the brain looks completely different. Um, it affects the physio physiology of a person. Um, and I mean, I feel like a lot of mental health disorders 20, 30 years ago weren't really talked about. I feel like there was more of a stigma attached to discussing them. So now that we're more open to discussing mental health issues, these things are becoming more apparent. But I mean, with veterans, especially PTSD is huge, you know. You know, the interesting thing about that is I grew up in the Vietnam era. And when Vietnam, which, which ended in 75, um, and the guys coming home were not treated very well. And uh, there was a lot of PTSD that went on then that was undiagnosed. And many people committed suicide and, and, and were homeless. And, and it was a Vietnam era thing. And I'm glad to see that things are getting better for us today than, than, than they were back then. And there's more resources and there's more people and it's not the stigma of going to a, and by the way, Alison Roberts says she totally agrees. And that's, and that's, that's good. So um, it's a, the stigma attached to it is gone away, which by and large still a little bit there, but it's right. We're, we're getting better with it. But today we're going to talk about a wholly different subject. We're going to talk about mindset. Uh, when we talk about mindset, Give us your definition of what mindset is. Well, um, I think mindset is a lot of perspectives, beliefs about oneself in the world, just 
the way we view things. Um, today, I wanted to talk kind of about the schools of thought as far as the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, because having either one of those can drastically change one's, you know, emotional well-being, ability to accomplish things, you know, the beliefs about themselves, their self-esteem, you know, it's a very, very major, there's a very major difference between the two and it can really affect a person's life, which one they adopt. Is it a conscious choice on which one they adopt or is that something they fall into? Um, I feel like a lot of times we model our behaviors and our beliefs after our parents. So I do feel like it is a choice which one you adopt. And when someone becomes aware how one of them affects them, they have the choice, you know, which one they want to follow. And let's let's break it down because there there are two different types of mindset. Yes, one is um, one that that um, uh, is growth oriented, yes. and the other one which is more of a fixed. Would you would you describe that as being more of a fear based um, mentality? Um, fixed is it's kind of thinking that character, intelligence, creative ability are like static givens, which can't really change in any meaningful way at at any point. Um, it's, you know, achievement is due to one skill, not due to effort. It's kind of given that this is, I'm this smart, I have these skills, I have this personality, and it's never going to change. Um, that's kind of the fixed mindset. And that causes a person to constantly try to prove that their, you know, intelligence, things like that, and avoid failure at all costs, because failure defines them so in their mind being a failure is trying something and having it not succeed correct whereas the a mindset of the growth mindset is failure is just stepping a stepping stone to your next success exactly right yes oh, yes so i i would choose as a as a person I would choose to have a growth mindset because it seems like a hell of a lot more fun to me. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. I think there, it just, I imagine that it would feel like you have more control over your destiny, your, your life. If your effort and motivation and drive and how hard you work determines your success rather than, your given amount of skills and intelligence. I was reading or listening to somebody who was doing a Ted talk and I forget her name, but she was talking about the fact that we have overvalued the, uh, um, IQ tests mm -hmm. and undervalued the, the, the ability to work hard and to stay focused. Um, it, it was, was she on the right track with that? Yes. And the funny thing is, you know, the, the IQ test, Alfred Bennett, that he, he made that IQ test, but he actually didn't make it in the sense that he didn't believe intelligence was fixed. He believed that an intelligent, one's intelligence can improve over time, can, you know, worsen, get better. Um, the reason why he made that test was to show what students needed more work 
how the learning was affecting them. Um, but we kind of over time have taken that test, which was meant to show, you know, how much work needs to be done, not this is just who the person is, but we've taken it to kind of a concrete level where IQ is just some someone's intelligence and that's just what it is. They're smarter, they're not. When really a person can become smarter, can become talented, achieve a lot, you know, regardless of where their baseline starting point is. And is it people that, and again, I guess it goes back to upbringing or, well, you tell me, does it go back to upbringing on how you view yourself and your life? Or is it something that you can break through? Is it like, oh, I said, yeah, I, I think it probably originates from upbringing, modeling your behavior after your parents, what you've been told, things of that nature, even teachers, you know, teachers have a vital role in what mindset the children have you know, how they teach can heavily impact which mindset a child takes, but it's definitely can be something to where there's a breakthrough and one sh shifts. You know, the, the reason why this mindset, these schools of thought have been so popular in the past five, 10 years is because people, now that once they learn about the benefits of adopting a different mindset, they have that choice to begin to look at things through that lens and change their mindset, which will change their beliefs about a lot of things. And, and, and get rid of the scariness of, because for some people, the unknown is scary. The known is regardless of what the known is, mm -hmm. if the known is I am poor or I, I have a poor, bad job or I can't get, or I'm, I have lag, you know, something like that. Sometimes people, what I think sometimes people enjoy, they don't enjoy it, but they are, they settle for it because it's easier. Would that yeah. be true? Yeah. I mean, the growth mindset takes a lot of effort and it. It's a lot of within our control. We can change it. Whereas if we look at things as this is just how it is, we don't have to work to make it different because it, we believe and we choose to believe that it just cannot be different. Now, where does passion fall into this, this, this area about mindset? Cause I, I would think that if you're really passionate about something, you're willing to take chances and to go out there on a limb. It, it, but if you're, does that mean that people that have a set mindset are not passionate about things or do they just not work at it? I think what they're passionate about is different. Um, they're passionate about something that they're inherently good at. You know, that's one thing as opposed to passionate about becoming great at something or the possibility that they can achieve something, not something that they already have the natural ability and talent for. And, you know, the difference there is, and I experienced this in my, in my youth, I was a pretty good baseball player. I made the all-star teams and I was a catcher and I, I had a good arm and all that kind of stuff. And I, but I never, I never got passionate about it enough to say, I'm going to become the absolute best person at this that I can. And so I rested on my natural ability and it, your natural ability can only take you so far is what I learned. 
Right. And because those with a fixed mindset, you know, see failure as definitive of their innate ability and who they are, they avoid failure, which means they avoid trying new avenues, you know, taking risks, things like that, because they're constantly trying to prove their identity, their skill set. Whereas, you know, like we talked about before, someone with a growth mindset sees failure as just part of the road to what they want to achieve. And they see it as an opportunity for growth. Um, they don't define themselves on it because where they begin is not where they think they're going to end up. Absolutely. So, by the way, we're talking with Rachel Gracia and Gracia, Gracia, right? Yeah. Uh, Gracia. Gracia. <laughs> of course, I had a 50% chance of getting it right. And, and if you go to uh, RachelGraciaCounseling.com, you can find out all about her and everything that she's doing. Yeah, and, uh, and you can contact her. And, uh, and there's also a resource page where you can get lots of resources on different things. So I, in, I encourage you to go to Rachel Gracia and that's G R A C I A.com and, or counseling.com. And, and, and she, she can help you out right there. And which, which would be really, sorry about that. I did the Southern accent and I'm not supposed to, but I talked to somebody <laughs> from Texas because you guys do them. That's, how long have you been in Texas? My whole life. So why don't you have that Texas draw? I guess because I'm a city girl within Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So you're around the folks that are not necessarily indigenous to the area. They, they've come from other places and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would agree. But I do ride horses, which is very Texas-like, but still yes. do not have an accent. <laughs> So, so do, when you ride your horses, do you run across rattlesnakes and stuff? Um, not, not, I haven't yet. No. Oh, good. Good. I, 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 apparently I need to come see you. I have a snake phobia. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't like snakes. So I, I, that's why, that's why I live in Seattle. We don't got any of them. Um, so, but and I wanted to ask you, okay, so you've got a fixed mindset. And you recognize that you have a fixed mindset and you're not achieving everything that you would like to achieve. And they come to you and say, Rachel, I just feel stuck. I can't move. I can't seem to achieve what I want. How do you help them move from a, um, a fixed mindset to a, uh, a mindset of movement? Well, the first thing is just establishing what a fixed mindset is in you know, allowing them to reflect on how they view things because they may not even be aware of exactly the way they view things, the mindset they have and why it's not helping them or serving them in any way. So I think really looking at that originally is very important. Them being aware of how their beliefs are affecting their behaviors. So they can actually be unaware of what's holding them back. Oh, and, you yeah. know, probably most people are that way now that I think about it. Right. Which is why they keep that mindset despite it not helping them progress. And so 
when they when you talk to them and you and they just and they buy into it how do you get them to change from that to a uh a, a different mindset well i think there are certain actions that one can take specifically starting to take those risks you know starting to try to grow to learn lessons to learn to continually chase a goal to set goals you know that are higher than where they're at right now you know put their sights on something greater something more elevated so that they can start to work towards you know and what they want to achieve and a lot of that is looking at what they want to achieve and what they thought they couldn't achieve before and finding all the reasons why they can achieve that now. Do they also have a tendency to self self sabotage themselves? Oh, for sure. I think when one's avoiding failure, you're going to sabotage yourself in a lot of ways. So it makes it really, really hard for somebody to negotiate that through by themselves. They really need somebody to help them. Do you agree? Yes. I think they need someone to kind of reframe the way they've been looking at things, guide them to the other side of the spectrum. You know, changing one's thoughts, perspective, it it's challenging. And a lot of times that's like with the cognitive behavioral therapy, which I do a lot of for anxiety and depression, you know, you you don't just change your mindset or just change your way of thinking overnight. It takes practice. It takes constantly challenging the old ways of thinking, you know, and really practicing thinking a different way. And when we have thoughts that come in into our mind that aren't helpful or are the old ways, you know, fighting back because we can't control our thoughts, but we can control our response to our thoughts. And that's what's key here. How do you, and this is something that uh, happens, happens a lot, in, at least in my world. How do you get somebody to change their story about who they are? I think that, you know, our inner dialogue is very important. The things we tell ourselves about ourselves. And sometimes we have to just begin telling ourselves a different story. Um, start living as if it is a different story. Start you know, whether that's having self mantras, whether that's, you know, taking our thoughts and challenging them in the moments, you know, there is a way to shift and reframe the way we look at things. But like I said, it takes some practice and time. And it often is very helpful if you have someone in that process with you that can point out, you know, the dysfunctional thinking or the old ways of thinking and help you come up with, with, you know, counter evidence or challenging statements to to dispute it do we as we age i'm a little more seasoned than uh than you are and some of our listeners are but do we have a tendency to recognize who we are a little bit better as we get older or is it unless you address it will you stay kind of what i call asleep your whole life I feel like we can change a lot about ourselves at any point. The longer we are a certain way, it's going to be harder to adopt a new way of thinking, but it's not impossible. 
um, because we do have a choice on how we choose to view things. And there, there's no reason a person can't, you know, become aware of how their perspective is affecting them and, you know, desire to move that in a positive direction. And friends and family play a part, don't they? I believe so. I'm especially, you know, growing up, we, we put our parents on pedestals. We, there are authority figure. We model, we learn how to live and how to interact with others based on what we see from them. So that, you know, that does heavily impact us for many years, but when one becomes an adult, they start to gain that freedom and that reality check that, you know, just, just because they're a parent doesn't mean that's the only way of being, you know? So I think as you get further and further into becoming adult and becoming your own person, it becomes a little easier to, you know, perhaps divert away from beliefs and ways of being that you grew up with. No, I, I agree totally. And you know, it's interesting that we view parents as being somebody who knows everything, but, my my mom and dad, my dad was 21. My mom was 19 when they got married. They knew nothing. Uh, they were just barely out of diapers themselves. And then they had a daughter right away and then a son and then me. And so by the time I came along, they were barely even 30. And they still didn't know all that much. But yet we put them on a pedestal because they knew everything. Right. Um, that's kind of too bad, I think. It is, but it is nice that, you know, once one becomes an adult, they have the opportunity to think for themselves and to figure out what they truly believe and who they want to be on their own. And yeah, and but there again, a lot of people don't even realize that that is even an option. Oh, for sure. Um, and some people, you know, don't choose to go down that route as far as adopting their own beliefs and things like that sometimes ever. Um, but it is something that can be really a neat thing for one, someone to become their own person, you know, but it can cause a lot of conflict in families. You know, there's a big struggle when teens become adults because the, the parents are having to give them more freedom and having to let go and, and which is against their instincts, you know, so it's often, I have a lot of teens and as they go to college, the parents, there's just this resistance between the, the teens wanting to be adults and the parents not knowing how to treat them like adults. You know, it's interesting. We had a, um, a counselor on, on, on KKNW and, and she got, she got a call from this woman who said, my son is 20. He's in, he's in college, just like you're talking about. And my significant other, um, they're not getting along and I want to help them get along. And in my sage advice, it was, um, you got a 20 year old guy. He's in college. He's feeling like he's a grown up now and he wants to run his own life his own way. And then you've got a 30 something year old man that says, no, you're just a kid and I know better. There's going to always be conflict when that happens, isn't there? Definitely. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that a 20 year old has the best, you know, judgment always, but they have to kind of learn for themselves and start to take the reins in their own life um, 
to learn the lessons necessary to become the grown adult that they need to be. I'm a firm believer that a good parent and tell me, tell me if you think this is, this is workable or not. A good parent, when a child gets into college, into their 20s, the parent, not the child, but the parent needs to shift. They need to shift there from, from I'm your mom, I'm your dad, I know better, you're going to do what I say, to becoming hopefully more of a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. That, you, that you can then say, son, I recognize that you have the ability and the choice to do what you want. If you need any advice, if you want to learn how to run a checkbook, which they don't teach in school, which I just don't understand. Um, if you want to learn how to do certain things, I'll be there for you. But um, I'm, I'm no longer your your supervisor i'm now your mentor is is that is that a distinct difference i think so i think one has control over the other you know and one is just kind of guiding the other which do you think is a better way i do think that i believe too much control is is not a great thing in that transition um from adolescents to teens to adults. I I mean, mostly I don't agree with the control when someone becomes an adult. Yes, when, you know, they're still under their house, you know, they have their rules, they're young enough to where their judgment's not always superior. Um, But I think when, when a child turns 18, goes away to college, the attempt to control will actually push them further away and, you know, get in the way of their own development. I've seen that happen time and time amongst friends and family, time and time again, where rather than bringing two people together, it just drives people apart. And, and then, and then that's when bad things can happen, I think. Right. So I would, I would hate for that. Uh, So, so how do you counsel a parent to while at the same time that they're pursuing their passion and that they are they're having a positive mindset how do you how do you uh, counsel them to treat somebody of that age of the, that's 20 or so i, I know think, it depends upon I, the situation but yeah right but i i do think that they have to reject their old ways of viewing the child specifically like a child You know, they have to allow them to choose their own way. You know, a big thing that I see is parents trying to influence what careers, you know, their son or daughter may have or want. And that that can be very detrimental, especially when it's not something that they particularly enjoy or find rewarding. You know, it's you know, there's a lot of pressure, I feel like, from parents to to point them in a way that maybe they always wanted to go in or they have in the past that they think is right for the, for the kid. And I think, you know, everyone deserves their own choice in what they want to spend the majority of their life doing. It's weird to me that we go to college when we're 18 to about 22, and we are expected to figure out and to make a choice and to have a major. And this is what I'm going to do for a career. And they're 22, 23. They have no earthly idea what it's like out there. 
and and so we those expectations are not are not real are they no i i i see that a lot the intense stress and pressure of trying to deter pick make these small decisions or you know decisions that are going to what they think change the course of their entire life when really that's just not the case you know one major isn't going to prevent future careers you know there are a lot of people that have careers that their major has nothing to do with but you know i think they need to ha adopt the philosophy that things can happen and they can that they'll figure it out as they go almost in certain aspects that they can they have the confidence that they can adapt and evolve along with life circumstances and that they to have too close-minded of a view of like what their life is going to be or what they're going to do that can kind of get someone in trouble if they're like this is my major i'm going to have this career you know because they don't really know that that's even something that's going to work for them and and that's another thing you pick a career you don't really know until you start doing the career if it's actually for you and i think to to be more relaxed on okay i'll try it if it doesn't work i can try something else like i'll figure it out you know, that's, and the thing is, you know, and I, I applaud professors and, and teachers for doing what they do, but they're in academia. And it, sometimes that does not translate to the real working world as what's actually going on out there and what you can expect when you get out there. And that's why I'm getting back to the mindset. That's why having a real positive mindset at that point can be real beneficial. For sure. You know, if you think that if a job isn't for you or you're not, you're not, it's not working out. If you think that's the end of the world, that's going to be pretty hard to recover from. But when you see it as just a, you know, something you had to go through to find where you do fit in or where you do thrive, then it's going to make those bumps along the way a lot more tolerable. Got to ask you this question. Cause you work with a lot of kids. And I, it's been a while since I had kids. My kids are now in the 30s. But it's, and, but I hear this all the time, and I would like you to tell me whether or not in your world this is kind of true, that kids and uh, even college graduates and stuff, they're not prepared to start at an entry-level position because they get uh, the, a degree in college. They think that they should be getting a high six-figure five figure salary. They, you know, they should jump over people that have been there for Is that true? Is that mindset out there? I, I think it's out there in the sense that, you know, just as much as the, the opposite. I do think, you know, that maybe these generation, these past few generations have more of an entitled, you know, outlook, but that doesn't mean there aren't hardworking, motivated, you know, kids out there graduating. I think it's kind of, you know, really depends on one, how they were raised and, you know, what they believe. And if they, you know, I think that honestly, a fixed mindset would make one think that they can, they should be starting somewhere else. Whereas a growth mindset would, you know, definitely increase the likelihood that someone would understand that they have to pay their dues and that it takes time and effort and work to get to where they want to be.
Yes, and that that kind of is the way of it. Is that you? It's not really unless you're in a specialty like um, um, computer science and you are uh, doing a lot of coding and you're very good at coding and stuff. But that that in itself is a is a really hard job that you've got to keep learning and all that kind of thing. But most of the time when you're young and you may even find that when you go into college, like my sister did, and she said, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to, I want to really be an elementary school teacher. I love kids and I want to be around them. Well, she spent 40 years in retail, never used her degree, not once other than part of a resume. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she, when, but when she got, when she got out of school, teacher, they, they weren't looking for a lot of teachers. And so she had to have a job. So she went into retail and she did that for the rest of her life. Aren't there a lot of people that get a college degree that they never actually use the degree that they got? Oh, for sure. I think, you know, that's a one of the other reasons why a person shouldn't think that that decision on choosing their major is going to impact the rest of their life directly. You know, I, my mom was a biology major and she became a a CPA and then a lawyer. You know, she, it just, we can change our mind at any point and that's okay. You know, I think that's another thing is if something doesn't work out, we can change our path. We can decide we don't want to be where we're at and we want to be somewhere else. You know, we have to allow ourselves the room to evolve into who we become and not who we were or who we think we should be or who mom and dad are telling us that we should be right and that that can be just that can be be a devastating conversation to have uh which is dad you know i really don't like math and so you want me to be an engineer i really don't think that's a good fit for me and dad says well you know i was an engineer and uh it was good enough for me. It's good enough for you. Go get your engineering degree. Right. And, you know, while their parents prefer that, that individual, they have to spend the rest of their lives with that decision, you know, living it day in and day out. And if it's not something that adds to their life in some way, they just don't enjoy it, that's going to severely impact their emotional health. I see that a lot. Job dissatisfaction plays a huge role in, you know, someone's mental health. And it can affect, because you spent so much time there, it can affect your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with other people, your addictions. It can have wide ranging effects if, and it all starts because you don't like your job. Right. And I, I see that a lot. People come in with mood disorders or anxiety and all these things. And Sometimes it comes down to the fact that they are miserable in their jobs and they spend the majority of their time there. And, you know, they didn't realize that was kind of the catalyst for all these other things is that they are unhappy or unfulfilled or overqualified, whatever it may be that's causing that dissatisfaction. You know, I think that's a huge thing that can really change everything. I I had a, a boyhood friend who when we became adults, he would give me a call every now and again after he'd had too many rum and Cokes. And, uh, he, he would say, then he would start complaining about his job. 
I don't like my job. I hate, you know, I hate going to work and I hate doing what I'm doing. I said, why don't you change jobs? He said, well, I can't do that. I make pretty decent money and, and it's comfortable and I don't have to worry about it. So he had that mindset that you're talking about. Right. But, but it made he, it miserable. Exactly. And I do think, you know, we have the ability to change our own lives and change our state, the state that we're in. Um, and it can be the path of least resistance sometimes, and it can be a hard path to choose, but it doesn't mean it's not worth it or can't lead to something much better. How do you convince somebody of that? I think you have to help them look at their own life for really what it is and what their, how their experiences are really affecting them on, on a deep level. You know, once they get, once they really see it for what it is, as far as like the connection between how they feel and what they're choosing to, how they're choosing to spend their days, um, you know, they may decide to, to alter that. And I would, I would hope so at one point, because there's no point in being, you know, we're supposed to have fun in this life and we're supposed to enjoy it. And if you're have a mindset that you can't for whatever reason, that that seems like a waste of life to me. For sure. I mean, yes, we're not always going to be thrilled to be working, you know, but that doesn't mean that at the core, we're unhappy with what we're doing. You know, I think they're, of course, there are going to be days where we don't want to get up early or, you know, do a menial task. But at the core of how we feel about our job, we it shouldn't be complete disdain or unhappiness or un, being unfulfilled. There should be some aspect of the job that is adding to your life in some way other than, I mean, yes, money is very important, but is it worth it if a person is depressed, is burnt out to the point where they can't enjoy their family or free time. You know, I'm sure you've seen this, the report they asked, uh, um, I think it was like a hundred people about job satisfaction and why would you change jobs? And money was like down the list, like five or six. You know, a lot of it had job satisfaction and, and rewards and feeling good about it. And, and all of those things that, that are not cut and dried like a paycheck. Um, and so that's, that's following your passion, isn't it? Is to have a positive mindset and follow your passion and take, see where that leads you. Definitely. I think, you know, to fight for your own happiness is really important. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. So by the way, we're talking with Rachel Gracia. And uh, Gracia, and, <laughs> never mind. Uh, she's she's a, a wonderful therapist out of uh, um, uh, Fort Worth, uh, Texas. And are you, do you do work on Zoom? Can somebody contact you and you can do that? I do um, a lot of virtual counseling. Um, it's I have a lot of in-person clients, but I also have a lot of virtual clients. Do you find that there's any difference between really, I, I, I mean, when they're in front of you, you can see body language differently and better and that sort of thing, but is the results can be just as positive either way, right? Oh, for sure. And for some people, they feel more comfortable in virtual, in a virtual environment. Um, it just depends, you know, for those that 
have social anxiety, things like that. They can often feel safer in their own home. Yes. So they can, they can just get on zoom and you can have a conversation with them. Right. Is, is the best way to contact you through your website? Yes. Which is Rachel Gracia counseling.com. Yes. And uh, that's uh, G R A C I A counseling.com. And uh, I wanted to take a moment here before we go and to let you, uh, to give you the opportunity to tell our audience, those that are listening now and those that will be listening in the future, anything you'd like them to know. Well, I think that, you know, what kind of going back to the mindset and things like that, I think how we, our thoughts of greatly affect our lives, how we think, how we look at things, our perspective can change everything. It can change our mood. It can, it changes our emotions, which then change behavior. You know, it all starts with the way we think. Um, and to change that, we have to look within ourselves, you know, that those who look within awaken it's, you know, we really do have to take inventory of the way we view others, ourself, the way we think. And once we kind of get a grasp on that, then we can go about shifting it into a positive direction in a way that's going to help us rather than hinder us. Because the way we think our perspective is kind of everything. You know, we can take two different, we can take two exact same situations and your perspective on it can change whether you're happy or sad. Mm -hmm. And that's virtually true about everything. Right. Uh, you, you get to choose whether you're going to be miserable or whether you're going to be happy just by the choices that you make. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying with, you know, clinical depression, things like that, that a mindset shift is all you need. But with a lot of our life, the way we look at it will change how we feel about it. And the mind shift, mind shift change um, affects how your, your brain operates and, and what you think about things. Right. And how we think starts to influence our beliefs and our beliefs heavily influence how we see the world. Absolutely. And Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero says, great interview with Rachel. Yes, we must do the inner work to shift our understanding. Kevin, you and your show are just awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks, Mom. Appreciate it very much. Uh, it's, it's, no, that's uh, it's Dr. Marnie. And, and uh, it is, um, it's a great pleasure to have you here. And, and um, I look forward to talking to you in the future. Uh, about about more things because one of the things that that you talk about with the mind shift which is i think very important i call it authentic grit and it is a style of living it's a way of being that is different than just sitting around on the couch eating chips you're working every day to be the best version of who you are the best version that you can pull off at any given moment are you going to succeed all the time no of course you won't uh but you're going to give it a try and you're going to keep working at it and that's where grit comes in is you don't give up exactly 
that's what who was it buzz lightyear never surrender never quit never surrender no that was uh never mind I, I digress an old movie anyway um so but thank you young lady and i and i hope that uh that it gets under 106 what's the temperature gonna be like tonight in fort worth um probably get down to 90 maybe 85 if we're lucky <laughs> oh goody so so i would i would go and and you but so it's not only expensive you can't really open your windows because it's hotter outside than it is inside and stuff so it's, it's so it's you've got to use your air conditioning all the time yes yeah so well i thank you for for coming on is there anything that you'd like to add before we go um just thank you for having me this was a lot of fun and i really appreciate the opportunity to you know spread the word on these issues it is vital. It's important that we all spread the word on what's on 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 counseling, on working together, on doing some great things. And actually, before we go, uh, there's a couple of, uh, if you don't mind, a couple of commercials I'd just like to throw in here uh, because I think, you know, somebody said to me one time, "Well, you've got a commercial running on a about a counselor," and I said, "Well, you know what? Um, there are 330." some odd million people in this country and i think we all need a counselor and i don't know about you but i mean i know you're good but i don't think you could do 300 million people exactly i think you can reach a lot more people in a situation like this exactly so uh stay right there and i'll be right back in just a second okay Do you believe in the combination of brain work and spirituality? Her grace and sense of humor have made Allison Roberts highly sought after. She's a cognitive behavioral expert with natural intuition. Allison has guided thousands of people all over the world to find their internal power. Visit A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-R-O-B-E-R-T-S.com for your free guided meditation today. And that's uh, Allison. Ross. She's got a book coming out tomorrow. Oh, awesome! And I would like. I, I'm when? When, you, when is your book coming out? <laughs> that is something I have not accomplished yet, but you know, have plenty of time. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. You are you are uh, very um, um, young in the process, and you've got literally decades to put it together. Yes. So again, I want to thank you very much for being here, and and Rachel, will uh, as we go forward, and when you get ready to publish that book or that ebook or that or that uh, blog or whatever you're going to do, um, contact me, and we'll and we'll have you back. We'll have you on back before then, anyway. So, Perfect. So I thank you so much for being here. Uh, stay right where you are, and I've got to do this. And I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.